1: Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how
2: to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth.
0: I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside, oh yeah.
1: Financial food Thought. We got Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell. And Carrie, do you have the super bad feeling that Elon Musk is talking about?
2: Mm, I don't have a good feeling, but I don't think I'd call it super bad.
1: Welcome to the somber somber of 22. So we got some very bad CPI data. So we're taping the show on Friday morning and we got the CPI data. The market's I don't care. I don't know if you guys can get a quick... I know last time I checked the market this morning, it was down, again, in excess of 2%. Ouch. And so we heard last week, we heard Jamie Dimon talk about the economic hurricane that's facing us. And then we had Elon Musk talking about how he has a super bad feeling on the economy.
2: Right. Right. <clears throat> Although Biden was talking on Jimmy Kimmeler that things are just great,
1: that was before the <laughs> CPI data. came That was out, on I Thursday night. So we need somebody to get us pumped you now.
0: Elon Musk has a super bad feeling on the economy. <laughs> he thinks we are already in a recession.
1: This is a YouTuber, Kurt. You, you got to okay. see him. He's got the he's he, he's got the uh, hippie T-shirt on. His his gray beard's down to his chest. He's got the farmer's hat on, and he's out in a beautiful nature setting.
0: It probably will last more than one year, maybe two years. How can you be happy in these difficult and tough times?
1: I want to know, Carrie. Okay. All right.
0: Inflation, runaway prices on gas and food, supply chain issues, shortages with many goods that you want not available. Seriously, how can you be happy in these difficult and tough times? How do you not let the busy, crazy world dictate how you live your life? Live happy, fun-loving, and carefree.
1: There you go. That's the answer, Carrie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, he keeps going. I thought he was done. Excuse me. I was
2: going to say, there's a cost for a carefree, worry-free life.
0: The thing is, throughout history we have moved from one crisis to the next crisis wars then plagues then famines
1: then viruses
0: crisis, over and over and over again and again guess what life goes on we survive so the way that i'm thinking about it all we might as well be happy i want you to be happy how many people recently put their lives on hold for more than two years, because of the pandemic, I don't want to live
1: life I, I could listen church. to him all day, but we got to move how on. How did you
2: even find him, Mark?
1: <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Um, I found him because I was trying to get Elon Musk. And, and he came up, and he said, how to be happy. I said, that's what I want well, to yeah, hear. Well,
2: yeah, maybe that's a sign.
1: Uh, so we'll talk about how do you keep your spirits up. In with all the shock line and the bad inflation data we got, economic hurricane that's facing us in the next eighteen months, and the market drop, the market volatility, what do you do? Well, that's what we've it's it, we've been trying to help clients, Cleveland families, for the last thirty five years. We've been through a few recessions in those 35 years. We've been through stock market. Perhaps the only thing we haven't been through in the last 35 years is these this rate of inflation. So, yeah, a lot of the baby boomers have to learn how to deal with real inflation. And it's not the scare tactic that it's hyperinflation. We're nowhere near hyperinflation, right? But it is a much higher inflation and it is wary, right? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt for the first few months. Right. But for or. a few years it can really hurt.
2: Right. I don't know. I think people are hurting after seeing gas I thought gas prices were bad last week. This week and now you're over five? Ouch.
1: Yeah. And and that's the difference between headline. CPI and core CPI. Mm-hmm. And, and the White House and the Federal Reserve, they're going to concentrate on core CPI, which, of course, excludes food and energy. But the problem is you can't eat and you can't fill up your car with right. core inflation. Right, and that's
2: when you feel it when you're actually spending. And good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life and hopefully make you aware of choices and giving you things that you can do in a world, certainly, where there are a lot of things that are out of our control. This show is sponsored by the Estate Planning Team. And the Estate Planning Team is a fee-based, Ohio-registered, fiduciary planning firm. We're traditional financial planners, number crunchers and modelers and give people objective analysis from the financial choices they face. And we have both affordable uh, uh, affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive fees. So if someone needs a lot of help and wants to go through all the steps of the process through analysis, recommendations and implementing to make sure things are done correctly, or if you just need help with Pieces and parts. Um, you can certainly do that as well. We offer a free consultation for anyone who wants to look at those issues by phone or in person. Whether you want to know how much risk you should really be taking, how you're impacted by inflation, um, a recession with a slow growth rec- recovery, one of our philosophies is hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And if you know worst case scenario, Um, it's not only about using opportunities, but it's also getting clarity on what steps I need to take. And often cases, people are worried about something. Maybe you're um, you're terrified and you're not making decisions and you're not spending because you're worried about a recession and inflation. But when numbers are run and we build that worst case scenario, it doesn't materially affect the longevity of your plan, and you're not running out of money, even a worst case scenario. And other people that aren't worried at all, or just say, "Oh, I'll adjust," really should be making different choices. And that's the power of um, number crunching and financial planning, as well as saving money peace of mind because there are plenty of opportunities in this complicated tax code and you can call for a free consultation which we offer by phone or in person at 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 if you leave a message we will call you back on monday or you can send an email through the website that's financialfoodforthought.com again that's financialfoodforthought.com
0: a good chance <laughs> I don't have that many years left, and I don't want. You how
1: many of you? How many of you out there are saying that to yourself?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of say whatever. I'm not going to be around. Mm-hmm. Oh, deal with it. To be
0: putting your life on hold either. So,
1: what? Can I'm not the you first person to watch this video. Carrie. Okay. okay. How, how many? Actually, I'm the. Happy Fun loving, I'm the and 525th person. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <and crazy world. laughs>
2: I thought you were going to say one, like 500,000. <laughs> I, know,
1: that's what I was The big picture. Nobody knows about Mr. Happy. It's
0: maintaining some perspective.
1: I, I wonder if this is have his have own land. It's got a beautiful advantage. pond. You know, behind. Oh, this we're looking chicken at chickens mountain right now.
2: we he's saving money on eggs. For
1: food. <laughs> beautiful birds.
2: You live in a With the simple- price of eggs, Anybody? I mean, I'm, I'm even thinking about getting chickens. Yeah, so let's
1: just, <laughs> <laughs> <really? laughs> what about raising some cattle? Uh, I mean, chicken's still somewhat reasonable. Oh, at yeah, the, they're at, cheap. You can go to but, tractor
2: supply and get no, the chicken. No,
1: I'm just talking about <laughs> prepared chicken in the grocery store, kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, 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 mean, by, by if you, I mean, steak and hamburger? It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um all right. So what is going up? Well gasoline you mentioned, right? It was only up 4.1% for May, Carrie. Only a month, 4% a month for right. May. Um it, you know, what was over year over year? Gas is up 48.7%. Okay,
2: that I believe.
1: Okay. Food was up 1.4% in May. Okay. 11.9% year over year.
2: That's overall. Because I was going to say, I personally know, and I, I have a teenage son, so I have to buy a lot of food. Um, it's gone up. Some things don't even jump like, you're talking 30% or 40% from a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah. So what? how did the numbers come out? So let's go with what the shock line risks are always going to go with, and that's headline CPI. That's what includes the food and, and energy, right? Um And with this, again, what we're looking for, what everyone in the country is looking for, is have we peaked inflation? In other words, do we see it coming down? Are we at the summit? Has it stopped going up? And when we got the PCE data a couple weeks ago – that was a month earlier down, right. right? It it showed us that, you know, the peak, the, 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 the and that's the Federal Reserve's right, preferred inflation factor, the consumer That we've hit uh, the peak already. Are, yeah, that we had peaked and we we're on the way down. So a lot of people were waiting for the CPI for May, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the street was looking for headline year over year 8.3%. Okay, it came in at 8.6%. Ouch worse than last month's 8.3%. That's annual, you know, year to year. So if you go from the you know from last November up to now right the trend right year over year November was 6.8 and December was 7 January was 7.5 February was 7.9 March was 8.5 that's clearly going straight up right so then in April it dipped down to 8.3 lower than the previous 8.5 so people were saying oh maybe we peaked and now what happens in the ne- next this month back up to 8.6 so now you always hear the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, say one month's data, you don't change your course of action. So was April an anomaly or was May an anomaly? You know, do we have a true trend? Now, but what really surprised was what happened with the month to month. And I have a feeling something weird happened because if we look at the month to month, that's Kerry looking at how much prices did go up this last 30 days, right? So that's the one a lot of times President Biden is saying, is saying, Yeah, look at don't worry about the annual year over year. That's old data. Look at what's currently happening. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Right. All right. So so that came in at one percent. Much higher than the previous month, 0.3%. Okay, Biden. All right. And now, but remember, we were raising our eyebrows last month when it only came in at 0.3 because the March number came in at 1.2. And that was a huge drop. Um, Yeah. So it was a huge drop from 1.2 to 0.3. And then all of a sudden, now we're back to one? Something doesn't. Okay. Something's not adding up there, right? Now, if you look at the core CPI, so let's take out that food and energy, because quite frankly, the Federal Reserve is is somewhat honest. I'll say that with parentheses, somewhat honest with us when they say there's not a whole lot they can do about global uh, oil prices and food prices, especially when you have you know people to deal with like OPEC and Putin, who's raging a war in Europe, right? So, so you know now. Who's not telling you the truth? You know, what we've been telling you is that you don't believe it when President Biden says he can lower the gas prices. Mm-hmm. He really can't.
2: No, he cannot.
1: Okay. The president by himself can't do a whole lot about inflation. Now, he keeps saying the way he could cure it and save the middle class is by passing his bill back better, right? But uh, he can't do that. No, he's got to get Congress to do that. The Democrats, I mean, and he's still talking about it. Now, if he doesn't get that done or the Democrats don't get that right. done by going into August, I think it's, it's dead, gone. Yeah. Because they're going to be in midterm and, and there's not going to no, be all No, they want us a, to
2: go, all and, go to electric, which, by the way, I've heard utility prices or, you know, costs are going, I mean.
1: Yeah, cost of EV is and, and not a cheap so and but if the Democrats do not get something done, you know they they have this one perhaps one last opportunity for the budget reconciliation to get what they want done with just the fifty vote, you know, um, in the Senate. It would be a big fall pow if they if politically if they squander that. And and I still saying a lot of people think the Build Back Better is done. It's no way it's going to pass.ing I don't know yet. I still think. You know, the Democrats may try to get, you know, Manchin and Cinema and Biden in a room and say, we got to do something. Um, Or
2: why don't they at least pass the things, take it out of a huge, massive bill, take out things that we all agree on that are no brainers and just pass those. I don't know. Yeah.
1: But let's look at what uh, what core CPI did. Okay, so annual year over year, the street was looking for 5.9%. It came in slightly worse than that, 6%. But the 6% was better than the previous month of 6.2, which was better than the previous month of 6.5. So there may be some indication that the Federal Reserve medicine is working. Okay. right? Because um, now, how about month to month? Well, that again, last month, it was that big surprise because in March, it was a 0.3% month to month increase. In April, it was 0.6. That was the, oh, it's going the wrong direction again. Right. Now, what, now the street was looking for 0.6 in this latest month, May, and it came in at 0.6. So, you know, it's mixed whether, you know, but I think the, 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 the ongoing opinion now, Carrie, is that inflation has not peaked yet, mm. um, and that means more bad news. Right.
2: Right. And and it comes down to, I can't do anything about inflation, but whether I'm retired or still working, does that affect my potential retirement dates? Does that affect my spending, my gifting, or some of the plans that I had? Does it change the choices that I'm making?
1: Right. Does it mean you've got to modify your financial plan scenario, your 30-year model, Maybe your 12-month model. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're doing for our clients. We're saying, okay, yeah, there are some things that are completely beyond your control. Now, can everybody tighten their belt? Sure you can. Mm-hmm. Um, does everybody have to? No. Does some people who don't think they have to need to? Sure. So where do you, again, don't ask your neighbor whether they you know, are tightening their belt or, how much, you know, are they cutting out their travel plans or whatever? You kind of got to do this yourself. You have to kind of say, well, it can, first of all, you have to calculate your personal inflation rate because mm-hmm. just because the CPI. You know, is up 8.6%. It doesn't necessarily mean that every one of your expenses is up 8.6%. Right?
2: No, and a lot of our clients, even in the maintenance, which we, we have them looking at their day, revisiting their day to day expenses right. and looking at that and saying, okay, we thought your day to day mandatory expenses were last year, but what are they now? What are they really coming out to be? Right. And they, they're all over the board. And,
1: and if you're wondering how, if how to do that, it's not that difficult. You know, you, you take you, you you take a range, you know, so you you, you would um, now some people like to annualize it. So they, mm-hmm. they'll take 12 months of previous spending data
2: and divide by 12 and kind right.
1: of add it up and, and annualize it. But if you're trying to figure out your inflation, you would take whatever. Like if you were saying, what was your annual increase? You would take what your expenses were for May in 2022 and what your expenses were in May of 2021. Mm-hmm. And then you would subtract, you know, you, the, you know, you say the May the difference, and then divide by the beginning balance, the the, the May of last year's balance, and that would be a percentage, and that would be inflation. Now, if I lost you in the math, it's okay, because apparently a lot of Americans are lost in the math. Mm-hmm. So the New York Times has an online calculator to figure out. that Oh, okay. Um, you can find it. Just Google New York Times personal inflation. <sighs> Uh, calculation or But also
2: like at the time, I know with the market down and people are where to put money is we have a lot of people looking at opportunities and doing that accelerated um, IRA or company distribution plan. We've talked on the show, Roth conversions. If you want to check out our podcast, we've talked about um, on previous week's shows, Roth conversions is a great opportunity in a down market, um, especially if you have room on your tax return.
1: Right. Now, and then one thing, now, yeah, you have to go back and listen to that podcast or come in and see us because, we're not going to cover all that today, but there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different people who, who out there. In other words, it's much different if you're planning Roth conversions if you're below 59 and a half. It may be much different if you're thinking about Roth conversion, conversions if you're already subject to required minimum distributions. For example, y- you have to get your required minimum distribution satisfied first in the year before you can initiate a Roth conversion.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we, we, a lot of people don't understand that rule. Um, so there's a lot of other. So, you know, you still got to cross the T's and dot the I's. And that's what we've been helping our clients understand that. And, and also the, the basic is you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot tax wise by doing too big of a Roth conversion that, for example, that affects your Medicare premiums two years in in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, working with those Irma thresholds and things like that. Um, so that, yeah, that's a lot of, you know, so we try to coordinate with our clients their investment advisors, their CPAs, and say, okay, what is, you know, how can we, uh, you know, keep an eye on what opportunities we can find in a very difficult economic time. Um, All right. Carrie, what else did I want to talk about?
2: Um, You were going to talk about the 10-year rule.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: With the SECURE Act.
1: Yeah. So there's some, there's some controversy going on right now. Um, and this is kind of getting into the weeds of our very complicated tax code. Um, you know, Congress passes laws, and then the IRS's job is to interpret those laws and watchdog it. Mm-hmm. To make sure everybody is in compliance with what they think Congress was meant when they passed the law. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's why we have an IRS Internal Revenue Code that's how many pages, Carrie? A few oh, thousands. When you add in the regulations, um, and that's why we have loopholes, and that's why we've got so many tax court cases. Um, But so we're talking about Secure Act 1, which was passed in December of 2019, right before the country shut down with the RONA, right? And one of the big changes, of course, everybody knows that now the new required minimum distribution age is 72, right? But the other thing did is it changed what was known affectionately as the stretch IRA, mm-hmm. which was the rule previous to the Secure Act one. It was the rule that said a non-spouse beneficiary would, ha- you know, they, they couldn't, a non-spouse beneficiary can't do the IRA rollover thing. You know, mom dies and son inherits mom's IRA. He can't do a rollover. He can't right. make it his own. But the rule was he could he would have required minimum distributions beginning the year after mom's death, but they would be based on his individual life expectancy.
0: Mm-hmm. So, if,
1: for example, if a 65-year-old was inheriting an IRA, they may still have 25 years of life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So the required minimum wouldn't be that tax heavy. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and also you, you could, a lot of people say, yeah, actually I'm going to mark, I want to name my grandchild because the 21 year old or 25 year old, their life expectancy is 40, 50 years that, you know, they could get that compounding tax deferred right. growth. So part of the way they paid for the secure act one was by yanking that out. And so now we have the, the 10, what's affectionately known as the 10 year rule. Right. And we thought the way Congress meant was that the non spouse beneficiary would have 10 years to get the inherited IRA out.
2: With the flexibility where you could not take if you were going to get a huge tax hit or capital, you might want to wait and skip a year or it just had to be dispersed somehow. It could be every other year. It could be wait till the end of the 10 years or divided by. There was no.
1: Right. And and by. Yeah. And and there was no required minimum. Right.
2: It was just it had to be dispersed after that within the 10 year after the 10 years.
1: And. That's what most of the country, if not a hundred percent of the planners, have been assuming for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't. Know if did. How many people know that the IRS put out some proposed regs in oh, February? That makes it vague. Well, yeah. So, propo- <laughs> so, so again, we're getting into the weeds, Carrie. Right. So when the when there's a new law passed, typically the I and and and. Obviously, the reason why they're coming out so late with the with the proposed regs is because they shut down for two years. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you shut down the country. The IRS was basically shut down, Carrie. Right. Um, right. Weren and they
2: th- working from home
1: there they are all i mean it was I, I, there's how many millions of return of 2020 returns aren't even opened yet right i
2: know they weren't working too hard from home
1: yeah i mean it's just oh yeah we we talked all last year about the the mess at the irs right? and
2: it hasn't gotten better
1: um now so the 10 year old so we so all of a sudden now we the the, the the what we're learning is that the irs proposed regs had a different opinion on how the 10-year should be interpreted. Okay? Um, and they made it so easy here, Carrie. So okay. Uh, sorry, yeah, okay. So, so, so what they're saying is that in reality, what they think that the Congress meant was that if the planned participant, that's the one who died, right? Right. If the plan participant died on or after their required minimum date. Okay. okay? Um then the designated beneficiary is required to take RMDs in years 1 through 9 based on their life expectancy table and then the remaining account balance has to come out in year 10. That is a much different interpretation than what we all thought in the beginning. Right. Now they further went on to say, however, if the plan participant died prior to their required beginning date, then the beneficiary gets what we all thought, the 10 years. Then the designated beneficiary is not required to take RMDs, but must take the account balance out by the end of year 10.
2: So is that saying a lot of people might have missed the RMD as an inherited beneficiary because they thought they were following the 10-year rule?
1: Or did a lot of them, you know, thinking that they had 10 years to plan for this IRD hit right. that's coming? Um, you know, what if it's a Roth IRA and and there's still a five-year holding period before they get the tax-free out and the beneficiary now has to start because remember, it's an inherited Roth IRA. There are required minimum distributions. Right. So, what happens in that situation? Um, by the way, Secure Act 2, which is ready to go, mm-hmm. is going to not only extend the required minimum beyond age 72, so they're so going, go to to it. going, to be going to layer in it. 73 and then 75? and 74 and then 75. So now. That all is going to be interplayed with this, whether, you know, the the, the participant died, were they, you know, were they at, oh, mm-hmm. I just can't even imagine how much more complicated this would be mm-hmm. to watchdog and for the, the, the taxpayer to understand or plan for. Right. Um, now, and so they say, well, why, how, what was their position, right? Why did they come up? with that interpretation. And what the IRS is doing, they're hanging their hat on their interpretation of the law, which is based on what is called at least as rapidly rule, You know, which states that once the IRA owner begins taking RMDs, RMDs must continue to be taken by a non-EDB, I'll explain that in a minute, after the owner's death. So they're saying because the, the original owner participant started this you know, plan distribution based on a life expectancy table. That has that process has to continue to the non-spouse. Benefit so, how many rate.
2: people missed it potentially? Are they? going to How many back?
1: people followed it?
2: Are they right? But are they going to go back? Are you going to get a penalty? I,
1: I don't know. I, I, I guess you could ask your IRA custodian. I
2: bet if the IRS, if these are proposed, how are you know?
1: And it's right, they're proposed. This isn't law yet. Right. I mean, after, so typically what the IRS does when they issue proposed regulations, then all the professionals, the CPAs and tax law attorneys and, and public people, right? Um, maybe some politicians as well, hmm. they can all give. Their opinion opinion back to the IRS, come up and brainstorm a little bit and say, well, this is and and then eventually IRS will issue final regulations. Now, because this is already two years after the law has been in effect. I have no idea. Would they say, okay, if we make the final regulation like the proposed is written, maybe they'll grandfather or not go back and try to penalize
2: people who didn't know the non spouse
1: beneficiaries? And it's more of like from this point going forward. I would hope. um, You know, I always say I'm not here to defend the uh, simplicity, logic, or fairness of the tax code. Mm -hmm. Just here to talk about what we think the rules are. Right. (laughs) Do I say that? So I mentioned, they mentioned EDB. What is an EDB? Okay. So there are some carry exceptions to the 10-year rule. And those are what, it's a new terminology, and it's what they call eligible designated beneficiaries. Okay, And just remember EDBs is a lot easier than eligible designated beneficiaries. So who are eligible designated beneficiaries? And that would be a a surviving spouse who could still do the rollover thing. Um, could be children of the owner who are minors, okay, you know, under age twenty-one. Now, by the way, we did a clarification early on with this Cure Act that does not mean grandchildren. Okay, so there were a lot. There was some misconception about that a few years ago, or couple so years grandchildren
2: ago. are not EDB.
1: Correct. Okay, um, it has to be children of the owner. And okay. by the way, nieces and nephews aren't EDBs. Nope. Okay. Um Another EDB is chronically ill or disabled individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're defined in the code. Right. Um, and then the last one is beneficiaries no more than ten years younger than the decedent. We sometimes call that the sibling exception. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you have, if you're leaving your IRA, you'll say you have no spouse or no children, and you're leaving it to a sibling, mm-hmm. okay, who is uh, no more than ten years younger than you then they can follow the old stretch rule. right? They still can't do the spousal rollover, but they can follow the old stretch rule. So so I guess stay tuned. Um, But if you are in the position where you have inherited a non-spouse beneficiary and you don't meet any of the eligible designated beneficiary definitions and you have to deal with this, Mm -hmm. maybe you do for right now Follow the proposed reg, and but if you or you check with your IRA custodian Mm -hmm. and seeing what they recommend, um, or you keep your eyes and ears open to see if the IRS makes this proposed reg final.
2: Right. And if you're someone who's, whether you're already taking minimum or retired and not yet taking minimum required distribution, you may be missing an opportunity. And if you want to discuss that issue in more detail, you can take advantage of a free consultation. We offer that by phone or in person to help determine if you're someone who can benefit from the type of planning we offer. Also, if you want to do some due diligence, you can check out our ratings at the Better Business Bureau and Google and Angie's List. We have ratings there. You can call us at 440 239 2090 that's 440-239-2090. Or you can get information at financialfoodforthought.com. You can send us an email, sign up for a newsletter, and also get some helpful information there as well. And that's financialfoodforthought.com.
1: All right, and listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families for over 35 years to build custom financial plans. And over those decades, Carrie... I don't think we've ever had to deal with this inflation hysteria, that I call it. No. I mean, the. I, I, I can't even... I could read through the next two hours the shock line risk. Um, you've read it all. Mm-hmm. But, so, but one of the things that I have been looking for is... Um, you know, we obviously we've seen... And all felt and have all paid the higher gas at the pump Mm -hmm. and the grocery bills. And I don't know, Carrie, what I keep looking for is what about health insurance premiums? (sighs) Um, I haven't personally seen a lot of huge double-digit increases Mm -hmm. in my clients' health insurance premiums. Now, we did have a big increase in Medicare B.
2: Right. right, which you would think which was a then,
1: 14.5% increase. Which
2: usually you would think than the other ones, whether it's Medicare supplementals, right. Medicare D, or your private employer policies.
1: Now, the Medicare trustees said partly the reason why there was a 14.5% increase. And that was, so in other words, Medicare B, start now remember there's different thresholds. I'm just talking about the first threshold. So in 2021, it was $148 and change, whatever. In 2022, it was $170.10. Mm-hmm. That was a 14.5% increase. Now, remember they blamed it on that new um, Alzheimer's drug, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The um, Biogen's, I think it was Adelhelm or something. Right. Um, and the problem was that originally Biogen said the cost for one person's use for a year was going to be how much?
2: <laughs> it was ridiculous. Although there's a lot of drugs that are thousands of dollars a year.
1: Yeah, it was. It was going to be
2: more than a house payment. A nice house,
1: almost a, by a whole house. It was going to be fifty six thousand dollars right a year. Yes, for one person to be on the drug, right? And so Health and Human Services said, "Yeah, we got to." It, 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 it's everyone on who's going to take this is going to be on Medicare, right? So we have to pay for it. So we have to increase the Medicare premiums. Well, then the company, Biogen, got so much blowback for announcing that price tag. They said, OK, well, we'll, you know, and also now the, the, the testing of it didn't come out to be as stellar as what they first told people, you know, the success ratio, right? So then a lot of doctors said, mm, maybe I won't be prescribing this right now. And then and then Biogen came out and said, "Okay, we'll cut the price in half. We'll 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 do a 28,200." Okay. So now everybody's going back to the uh, Health and Human Services and said, "Okay, we want a rebate."
2: Mhm. Cuz you overcharged me
1: for something that's never you're not going to have to pay for. Mm. So should we get a rebate? Well, we thought there might. Well, I've got bad news.
2: I would say I would say even if they said maybe, I would say that maybe is a hard no.
1: It, it's more no wait till next year.
2: Maybe we won't increase you as much come next yes. year.
1: So, seniors will, so now we're saying seniors will have to wait till next year to see their Medicare Part B premiums reduced after the centers of Medicare and Medicaid services determined that a mid year adjustment to reflect lower costs of the new Alzheimer's drug would not be operationally feasible.
2: Okay. All
1: right. Um, so, what does that mean then? So, what they're actually saying is perhaps that even though inflation is running rampant and we would normally see another big increase mm-hmm. in the Medicare premiums, next year they're saying there actually may be a decrease.
2: I don't see that happening. That's
1: I see that kind of uh, what they're suggesting. Right,
2: but I would say more that they're not going to have as big of an increase next year That's because what, with the cost of everything else... I can't see them decreasing the premiums. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath for that one.
1: Given the information available today, it is expected that the 2023 premium will be lower than 2022, CMS said in a statement Friday. This was uh, Friday, May 31st. Uh, The final determination... Will be made later this fall.
2: Exactly, which means it's like when my kids <laughs> well, say, "Can I do something?" and I say, "Maybe," which really means probably not.
1: Well, I mean, if, if <laughs> maybe they're, it is data dependent. So if this inflate now, so the the recent eight point six percent CPI mm-hmm. is not a good trend. I think saying they chose, this is going to be down. I
2: think they chose their words wisely.
1: Um, now, so but that could be. Now we're also saying that the good news, right, is that the Social Security cost of living increase, they're thinking that will be 8% or plus.
2: Mm -hmm, Remember, we got a big one this
1: year, 5.9. And they're thinking that may be over. But if that is the case, if your Social Security goes up 8% and your Medicare premium goes down, that will help. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So uh, stay tuned. Now, though, what about the other health insurance premiums? So this is where... You know, I'm talking to my clients. I'm getting their pay stubs. I'm saying, "Well, I, I don't really see like double digit increases in what their pay stub is showing for mm-hmm. new healthcare." So, what's going on there, Carrie? I don't know. I, right. I, I, are the companies eating? Are, is it just a cycling that they they, they haven't increased they had yet? No, yeah, they have a number. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it's um,
2: although I had somebody, Mark, I was going to say this week, and I didn't know you're it, having an increase, but it won't be as of July, their birth went for their supplemental okay is going up. I think it's like six or seven percent, right. but it hasn't gone up in a while, so
1: but we did get some information about the people that are on the health care exchanges. you know so those are the individuals who are not eligible to go on Medicare yet because they're not mm-hmm. 65, but they are not covered by an employer plan, right? so they have to go out and get it on their own. Mm-hmm. So they're going to you know what's affectionately known as the Obamacare exchange,
2: right. right?
1: And remember, a lot of those people, you know, it's a big card or you know, <laughs> uh, what am I trying to say when you? <laughs> oh, magic trick, not magic okay. trick when you when you play around with the the ball under the cups, you know. Oh, I
2: don't know what that's called. Yeah,
1: but. Um, it's just smoke and mirrors in other right. words so there's these these, these subsidies right mm-hmm. so so yeah they so what the government's telling you yeah you go on to obamacare exchanges and you get you pick out the health insurance you want and it'll tell you a price but we have subsidies for you if you're lower income mm-hmm. subsidies are just taxpayer dollars care. everybody get mm-hmm. that it's it's you and i taxes are paying the subsidies right, right.
2: Uh,
1: but we we have a lot we help a lot of clients who, who are if that is their plan that they are going to be retired, or they lose their job, or right. their employer doesn't offer health insurance, and they're not eligible for Medicare yet. We work with them and say, "Yeah, if we can get you, let's look at those rules about the subsidies." And yeah, right. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's available. And what the, what happened was when we had the Rona pandemic relief. Remember, they increased the subsidies, mm-hmm. and and but those increases end In 2022, under the current law. Mm -hmm. And so if nothing is done, those increased subsidies under the Rona Relief Act are gone. Okay. Plus the inflation increase. All right. So the Kaiser Family Foundation, you've heard of them. Right. right? Um, They're estimating that without additional American Rescue Plan subsidies... They estimate fourteen and a half million people in the marketplace, the ACA marketplace. Thirteen million. So of the fourteen and a half million, thirteen get subsidies. Thirteen million gets subsidies. Wow. <sighs> see, you you got to get yours if you're in that. Jeez. You know, we help our clients with that right. planning, right? How to get yours. Um, but without this extension of these subsidies or increase of subsidies, they will see an average carry increase. At, yeah. You want you want to take a guess? Ten percent. A little bit higher than that. Want to go a little bit higher? Twenty-five. Uh, a little bit higher than that. Want to go a little bit higher? Let's than go that? thirty. No, actually, it's a little bit higher than that. Forty. Mm, getting close. Getting warmer. Okay, forty-five. No, no, no. Go no, to halves. Yeah, fives. Go, go up more. Fifty. Yeah, now you can do your half. Fifty-five <sighs> percent.
2: That's insane.
1: Now. Do you think that could be a problem for the Democrats?
2: I think it's a big problem.
1: Um, so it, now that's just one, you know, Kaiser Foundation, um, but they're apparently it got the Democrats' ears. Okay, so in fact, so many Democrats are worried about voter pushback. That 26 of them, 26 of the Democrats, have sent a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer strongly urging them to reinstate the allegedly temporary enhanced Obamacare premium subsidies. Um, So will they get that done?
2: I don't know. But regardless, if you're worried about healthcare costs or anything else when it comes to your financial life and want to look at what opportunities maybe you don't even know exist that you're not taking advantage of or want to know your numbers and realistic, are you underspending? Are you overspending? Do you know and do you have a process? Do you need help with timing of Social Security, pension election options, or anything else? You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440 twenty ninety, or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com that's financialfoodforthought.com and you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning.
1: And Carrie also, you know, a lot of social security data, you know, one of the things also is that the trustees came out and said that when is Social Security going to run out? Did I talk about that last week? I don't know. I can't remember if I. did I can't
2: it. remember if we did, but I know I talked about it because it talked about now it's going to be extended.
1: It'll extended one year, so it was out twenty thirty five, and it's and previously they were talking about it, maybe if nothing is done, it'd be a twenty five percent cut in benefits. Now they're, they're saying not going to be cut benefits. Yeah, twenty percent cut. But here is my point: if that was a concern of yours, and you are trying to run a more conservative plan model. Um, and we have clients who we do that for. They ask us, say, Mark, yeah, I want to assume that there is a cut in my social security benefits come year 2035.
2: They want to see a worst case scenario.
1: We can run, we can tell the robot. We can tell robot, okay, let's run out their social security projection. And then when we get to 20 year 2035, let's add in a 20% cut. Mm -hmm. It gives the peace of mind to our clients that, okay, I'm still going to be okay, Mm -hmm. or perhaps am I not going to be okay?
2: And what do I need to do now so I'm not waiting until that last time where I have to make some big maneuver or adjustment in my life?
1: Now, again, Carrie, I think it's your and I opinion is that it's not. they're not going to slash benefits of retirees because politically that's suicide, right?
2: And it's an easier fix. There's a few things they can do. They can raise payroll taxes. You think about it, even a quarter of a percent right. for the working people, that's going to make a huge difference.
1: Or if they even phased in a half a percent over a couple of years.
2: Or if they raise the cap.
1: So let's talk about the cap because right now the cap is going up. Right. right,
2: it was. It is right now one forty-seven. Correct.
1: Right. So the estimate, the early estimates are coming out of what it's going to be in twenty twenty-three.
2: Over one fifty.
1: Carried pretty good. I was going to say one fifty-five. Okay, one fifty-five, one hundred to be exact. It's about a five and a half percent <laughs> increase. Okay, all right. Meaning, so what are we talking about? Maybe let's go back a little bit. Carry. Right. Okay. So this is where how much of your wages are subject to the social security tax you know that payroll tax mm-hmm. That's 6.2% you pay 6.2% and your employer pays 6.2% all right um so that's that's kind of like a hidden in inflation right because you there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. and and it goes up now so to put it in dollars so in in this case Right now, like you're saying for 2022, your first 147 thousand dollars of wages is subject to that 6.2 percent. So in tax dollars, that's nine thousand one hundred fourteen dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's now getting real, right? Because that's right. the number that's kind of hidden. All right. Um, now, um, so if we if if the early estimates are accurate, they're saying the hundred and forty seven thousand is going to $155,100 next year. That would increase that $9,114 to $9,616. dollars
2: hmm
1: Okay. Um, so you're just, that's another $500 that you don't get to spend at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. or hmm Or help them. I was going to say, or for fun or things. fill up your tank once. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so if you're planning... You know, so we will start entering that number into our clients' plans, into their projections, mm-hmm. into their 30-year models. And then what we do is we keep a rolling average, so to speak, of how much that's been going up. And then we, so we, we mark, we, we, we like we will model in the, the loan number mm-hmm. and then we'll extrapolate and say, well, how much more do we think it would go up? So, again, but if you're retired, this doesn't affect you. Right. That's the, the good news. Um, and, and, I, and we think now, what, we, what you were referring to, Carrie, was that one of the most, uh, I guess, most popular ways to shore up Social Security would be to really increase that cap. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean for everybody. No, you know what they're talking about in terms of solutions to shoring up Social Security is to take away the cap if you're a high income.
2: Right. So if you were over a certain dollar amount, whether it's two hundred fifty, three hundred, or
1: Biden's four hundred, right, thousand Let's use
2: four hundred thousand for math. They're going to what take six point two on all of that.
1: Well, basically, the, some you know, and part of the original bill, you know, some of the recent stuff they it would really there would be like a donut hole in other mm-hmm. words you would have a cap and then there would be no additional let's say like now let's say it's 155,000 next right. year that may be between 155,000 and 250,000 of income there's no difference you're still right. capped but then any income that you have over 250,000 right there is no more cap okay it goes it goes on forever But what they do, this is the tricky part, how they do it, Carrie, they phase out that donut hole. Okay. So they say, you know, eventually everybody gets up to paying the higher amounts. That's the trick. That's how they, I tell the people people that write tax law are very, very smart.
2: Because you're going to pay attention to it when it comes out and is it going to impact me? And then you're going to forget about it. Or you're just going
1: (laughs) to naturally, it's just going to get higher and higher and higher. But I do think that that is a more uh, politically a, an easier law to get done and implemented than slashing benefits of retirees right. by 20%. I
2: think Medicare cost and long-term care for, is going uh, Medicaid is a bigger problem and a bigger issue that the government's facing.
1: Right. So, so how are you going to pay for all this higher inflation? Well, Carrie, the good thing is CD rates are going up, right? Oh, this is exciting, Carrie. Okay. Um, so, what are what are CDs? So, this I'm getting this out of my Sunday paper. You know, I you know I, I live on a street, right? And do you know I'm the only one on my block, my street that gets the Sunday plane dealer. Okay. I feel like I, I really, I mean, because I go out there and I can see down right. and up. Right, you
2: can see up and down like my I'm parents. the
1: only one.
2: How can that, I mean. Well, I think because people use when online. When I first moved in,
1: everybody had the paper on the, on the. Well,
2: I remember when you, like, I get the, the ads and the, fun, like, the cartoons, as it like, but. <sighs> I just, I'm so disappointed. I don't get, but I think because so people, that I think people, people use online.
1: Oh, sure they do, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so what else? Oh, this is the local. The CD race. Okay. So, so, Carrie, um, you only have to go out four years to get 2%. (laughs) This ain't doing it. This ain't cutting it.
2: I wonder how, I wonder really how much business you get from that. Especially with inflation.
1: I know. That's a joke. I, I I don't know. It's, it's, um, if you go out fifty nine months, you can get two and a half percent. They don't even show twelve months. That, that's probably too depressing. Mm-hmm. Twenty nine months, one point three percent. So now will so pretty much the data you know is show is going to say that the Federal Reserve they're going to go ahead and, and raise rates 50 basis points in their next meeting, and probably the next meeting after that. Because if they're saying that this inflation is not peaking, Mm -hmm. they got to do something. right? Um, And so we're watching that. But in the meantime, yeah, are you getting to the point where you feel that this is really going to be entrenched? Longer, or are you saying what's going to happen is the Federal Reserve is going to have to slam on the brakes so fast mm-hmm. to create that demand destruction that we land in a U.S. recession? Um, and according
2: to Elon Musk, maybe we're already in it.
1: <laughs> right. So that's what we can help you model to say, okay, let's look at that worst case scenario. Let's let's really get a good handle on what you're spending, what your personal inflation increases. And then start getting you into the decision-making mode by looking at the long
2: haul. All right. Take advantage of a free, no-obligation consultation by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit FinancialFoodForThought.com.